Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Where are you going? Where are you going? I mean, really. If you're on your, quote, spiritual journey, unquote, where's the finish line? Where are you going? The the idea that um, we arrive someplace and then the journey's over? Yeah, I don't think so. The, the, it, it really seems to me this soul, this gigantic, vast, multidimensional being that we all are, always has another now and another now and another now without end. And in that now, you have a choice. You always have that free will thingy. So you could turn around and go back into the darkness and and learn all the lessons again, or you could go um, perhaps into the uh, non-local, back, uh, dissolve back into the one mind with no local identity. The the idea of a, a, a spiritual, or let's even throw the R word in, the religious template, the of righteousness. I have I'm I'm pursuing righteousness because righteousness is not going to get me in heaven. Like goddess has some kind of a template, and if we mold or contort ourselves to feed fit in the righteousness template, well, then God will find favor on us and we won't burn a turd in hell forever. There's no template for righteousness. There's not, there's not. How can we, how can we uh, have a challenge? Uh, Well, let's see. What if all of us become divinity and and we're Jesus on steroids and 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 we've reached the promised land and now we're divine we're glowing orbs of divinity what is um there's no differentiation in that there's no opportunity to to evolve or grow we chose collectively as souls we chose to come into this karmic tsunami and planet earth let me tell you this is where the badass souls come to really uh really challenge themselves when we're born for the vast majority we forget our divinity we forget we forget that our essence cannot be destroyed, that we're impervious to the intentions of humans or any other species, that we are safe, we are safe, we are safe. And we go into that unknowingness. And that is the, that's the carnival, that's the ride. The, the spiritual journey is now and now and now without end. All right, I'm going to calm down because... We need to get our guest on the show. This is going to be a really delightful conversation because I'm psychic and I know these things. Tonight, the topic is belief, being, and beyond. And our guest tonight is Granddaughter Crow. Belief, Being, and Beyond is the title of her latest book. The subtitle is Your journey to questioning ideas, excellent, deconstructing concepts, double excellent, and healing from harmful belief systems, spot on. What a delight. Time is a fleeting, that snibbling little thing. I think let's just jump in. Belief being and beyond your journey to questioning ideas, Deconstructing concepts and healing from harmful belief systems invites you to engage in deep 
self-reflection as you learn about different legends, religions, and scientific findings. In addition to inspiring stories from her personal life, Granddaughter Crow shares parallel stories, parallel stories about the creation, flood, hero, end of times, and afterlife that comes from Christianity, Hinduism, and Navajo traditions. You'll also explore journal prompts, tarot insights, and wisdoms from cycles of nature. Granddaughter Crow is an award-winning author, medicine woman, public speaker, teacher, and intuitive reader. Descended from a long line of spiritual leaders, she is a member of the Navajo Nation. She was voted Woman of the Year in 2015 by the International Association of Professional Women. You can learn more about her at granddaughtercrow.com. Join me in welcoming Granddaughter Crow to the show. Welcome to the show. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So let me just say thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. And if you are listening to this show, irregardless of whether you are listening live or whether you are listening to a replay, you are listening to it for a reason. And let this empower you to take the next step to your now, right? Your now. Like Les was saying, you know, the arrival is at your new beginning. The arrival always happens now. And so let's be in the now together. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so glad to have you on the show. We've had such fun conversation, but the mic wasn't on. And now the mics are on so we can get into it some more. (laughs) I love it. Well, what I like about your book is uh, I know you have a a strong uh, Native American element to your persona, but you you look outside of the narrative perhaps that you were raised in and you bring in you draw in from the hindu and uh christianity and uh, i know in the book you talk about the aborigines so i i love it when can kind of step out of their uh imprinting so to speak and look at it, other dialogues how did you um, how did your story go to the point where you you are now writing books and stepping out and and um, being a, a vessel of compassion for humanity? Oh, that's a wonderful question. And I'll just say that honestly, I was in a very closed minded religious upbringing that ended out pushing me out and and I I experienced trauma from the rejection and and I I just it was hard and then I realized wait a second was it the concept was it their belief system that pushed me out and so I went on my merry way And I began to look at a variety of belief systems. So in short, what kind of pushed me out of the nest was pain. The idea that my parents and community and church, as I was growing up in my formative years, all the way through when I was 15, and I was their golden child at that time. I was like the next up-and-coming person, right, to carry the Mm -hmm. torch of the spiritual leadership. And when they kicked me out because, not because I was, like, drinking and doing drugs and blah, 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 you know, whatever they constitute as evil when you're a teenager, which I actually think is kind of exploratory. But when they kicked me out because I asked a question and I questioned the divinity that they held so true, that's why I wrote this book. It's like, that's why I went out and I explored, wait a second, there is something beyond my imprint. There is something beyond 
the play <laughs> that these people are casting me in as a certain character. There's something beyond that. And you know what I found that's beyond that? What's my that? authenticity. My authenticity. I found myself. I found myself, and, and it's, it's the hero's journey, quite frankly. You know, I loved what you said at the beginning of the show that we forget who we are and we forget our divinity. And, and one of the things that I believe constitutes this brainwashing or forgetfulness is certain belief systems that do not allow you to question with questioning, we actually get to discover. In short, I believe that curiosity, which leads to questioning, curiosity is the internal compass that leads you home to your authentic self. And as you go down that road, leading you home, you begin to start recognizing your divinity. Very nice. Very nice. Well, curiosities uh, um, will kick your ass if you let it. Um, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. curious about, I mean, there's there's so many dogmas, there's so many stigmas in the belief systems. I've said before in the show, uh, now, uh, just to set things straight, Every word out of Jesus's mouth, I'm I'm a hero for. But for Christianity, where the hell are the mystic schools? Where's the healing schools? Where the where do they teach you miracles? Because Jesus said, "Come on, come on, belly up to the bar. You're gonna kick ass just like I do." Well, the the planet should be covered with kick-ass Christians that are raising the dead and walking on water and healing the sick. But they don't they teach that. You know, the the, the Eastern religions are were a lot farther along with the Kama Sutras, the 25 Kama Sutras that they were teaching in their academic arenas before the British came in and stomped all over it. They were they were they had a school of of evolution of self where you were um the outcome would be um quote miracles unquote telekinesis or you know blah 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 it and and so the there's there's got to be some um some breadcrumbs that our curiosity will guide us to a a fuller richer understanding of what the divine idea of being a human is about i love it i love it and so you know with what you're saying of course you know the the old saying you know curiosity kills the cat curiosity kills the cat but let me tell you that's half the saying the other half of it, let me just say the full saying, curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. And, and the beauty around what you're saying is, I, you know, I'm not trying to diss one belief system or another belief right. system. I, I think right. that that's, that's all great. But when a belief system limits your authenticity and your spiritual gifts, to the point where you feel like you're not allowed to have them or you're special if you do, that's where I kind of get a little irritated. I'm like, every single person that's listening to this has a spiritual gift. And, and, the, and, and how empowered would, would we be to get, have a greater human experience if we all just went ahead and said, okay, Okay, I'll accept my spiritual gift and I'll develop it and, and I'll go to these mystery schools and, and I'll and I'll and I'll live a grand life in the authentic nature that creator created me to be. And that's the whole different thing. What I'm seeing is that we are all beautiful, empowered, spiritually divine beings. But if society, religion, you know, whatever it is, 
says that you're not allowed to be who you are, well, who won? Who won won that? You know, I mean, why, why are they so afraid to allow us to be who we are? And, and it's, just, it's just really interesting to me because there are, so many, there are so many curves in the road. There's so many hiccups. There's so many challenges. Um, and in each challenge, we're asked, are you going to be yourself or are you going to conform? And I'm not saying that I have not conformed. I absolutely have conformed to a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, I choose my battles. And I continue to stand up and self-discover the beauty that the creator made within me, just like the listeners can hear the beauty that the divine created within you. Like that's what I want liberation for, is that beauty, irregardless of, you know, your race, creed, or color, your sexual orientation, whatever it be, let it be and self-discover. Be curious and continue to go down that road. Very nice. And going down that road, I mean, you might get off in the weeds, but that's not a brokenness. That's not a fault. That's not an error. It, it's, I mean, we discover that, that authenticity. It seems like, well, it's quite obvious that authenticity doesn't have a collective measuring stick. There's not a collective metric that can look at you and point to your attributes and decide which ones are authentic and which ones are not. A hundred percent of it is perhaps measured from uh, resonance or harmony with your heart and your soul, perhaps. I love it. Absolutely. And, you know, First, I want to comment about, you know, going off into the weeds. What if the idea of being on your soul's path, on your spiritual path, isn't necessarily like a, just a, a single little path through a forest? What if it's a meadow? What if the path isn't a, just a path through the forest, but it's actually a meadow of discovering so that you can go to the edges and understand and know the lay of the land. I just, you know, that that just gives a lot more liberation and a lot more freedom to to the conversation. And I, yeah, I'm totally in line with what you're talking about. I, I love this topic. And at the end of the day, the question becomes, does the deity or spiritual belief system that I have, does it, one, do I believe that it created me? And the answer is usually yes. Then secondly, do you believe that it creates mistakes? Hopefully the answer is no. So irregardless of your belief system, you are, I mean, there's, there's like you are the most beautiful thing. You're the only person who can be you, period. Right. You're the yes. only person who can be you. And and there's something electric, uh, uh, an element of charisma, perhaps, when when you learn to fully embody that authenticity. When it it's um, there's really no end to it. Uh, We were before the show was starting. We were uh, talking about the ego, and. when, when I think about the potential of a human persona, here you have this gigantic soul, multidimensional, nonlinear vastness, and then, and then most of our sense of self is in our ego. It, it, to imagine plucking our moment-to-moment decision out of our ego's uh, tight grasp and giving it to our heart how much would our life vector, our the momentum, the direction of our intentions, if 100% of our choices, thoughts, beliefs, actions came from our heart, how much would our life change and how much more um, 
fulfilling it is because like we were talking before the show it a lot of people are drowning in the mundane because their mind is attached to ideas and beliefs and constructs that aren't fulfilling or satisfying absolutely absolutely so here's here's what i'd say there's a school of thought that there are four bodies of existence the physical body of existence, the emotional body of existence, the mental body of existence, and the spiritual body of existence within each individual. So with that, are we feeding, like these are each bodies, so are we giving them rest, are we giving them food, are we giving them, you know, um, exercise? And then I would back up with that concept right there and just set it to the side for a second, Do you know what a Stradivarius is, right? Do you know what a Stradivarius is? A Stradivarius is one of the most elite, authentic, beautiful violins in the world, meaning that I looked it up years ago, and I think for one of the Stradivarius violins, you pay like $13 million for Okay, so now let's go back to the concept. A stradivarius has four bodies as well. They have like the body of the violin, they have the strings of the violin, they have the bow of the violin, and they have those prongs that, that tune it in. So when, again, introducing the four bodies of existence, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, if those are the four bodies of the violin and if you are a Stradivarius, being separate from yourself, disassembling yourself, you cannot play your authentic sound, your authentic music in this world. So if we take care of the physical body, the emotional body, the, um, the mental body and the spiritual body and give each of them a voice, and put them all together, then you become your instrument, the most authentic, beautiful thing with the most authentic, beautiful sound. So here's the interesting thing. I think, you know, I always say make your ego your amigo because my ego (laughs) makes me take a shower, right? It makes me take a shower, put on deodorant, et cetera. So, but at the end of the day, your ego is also prone to ask the outside world what it is that the the play like if this is if all the world is a stage and you're in this you know you know this whole narrative and and it says oh no you're supposed to step forward as the this individual who gives everything away and who is this and this and this and you don't get your own voice and all of that, the ego will say, okay, that means I get acceptance, right? That means I get acceptance. So instead of letting that be the driving force, moving back to go, I have a voice. My four bodies have a voice. I am going to feed my heart. I'm going to feed my spirit. I am going to listen to all of them. And then check this out, then as I coalesce, I am going to sit in my internal council and let all of my four bodies help me to make decisions. And sometimes they disagree, but that's okay. They can come to a consensus. And so you're asking a question about what would happen if we all did this, what would happen in our lives? Dynamic change, dynamic change, because then and only then, can you be who and what you truly are? And I am here to believe in you until you can believe in yourself. Beautiful. Very well said. I, I like the uh, analogy you made with the strata, Stradivarius and uh, the, the notion of, of drawing the bow in the middle of a song, making the pitch, um, and and all the elements of the violin in tune, great metaphor, in tune with each other, and the sound that's being made in the moment, that poof right there in that now, that is heaven. That is yes. that is life expressing itself without any turbulence 
resistance or dogma. It's beautiful. Yes, you got it. You, you got exactly what I was saying. And, it, and it's not like, I mean, seriously, when, if you've got the, 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 the strings tuned in with those prongs and you hit it with that bow, yeah, there's tension, right? There's a little bit of tension, but that's not a bad tension. That's the tension of you going, uh, I'm going to find my voice. Oh, my God, I'm going to find my voice. And, 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 and I agree with you. That is the divine singing through you as an instrument. There's something a little spooky to the ego about letting go and surrendering to the song, so to speak. I love this metaphor. I, I mean, and maybe that's that tension. It's like the ego is like, if I let go, if I let go in this moment and a, and a new dynamic comes, then I'll be disoriented and I'll be uh, unsure. And so there's an, there's an element of trust. There's an element of courage. There's an element of curiosity to kind of get out of the head and, and listen to the impulse of the heart. Fabulous. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and we could just sit here and play with this concept because then you can come to the table with you as a certain type of instrument. And maybe you're a Stradivarius or maybe you're really like, oh, I don't want to be a violin. I want to be a tuba or I want to be an organ. Right. And I want and, and it's just like, yes, the, the same thing happens within all the instruments and then we collectively come together and bam we've got a symphony and so this is this is the point i mean that's the beautiful side of it the different side of it the flip side of that is the idea that we need to separate ourselves from ourselves and not listen to our heart and who is who is like promoting that you know, and, 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 and this discord that we have with one another starts from our discord within ourselves. Right. And so it's, and so it's kind of like the, that, the flip side of that is something like you got to think about who benefits from that, who benefits from me having discord with myself, who benefits from us not being uh, in this authentic time where we all come together. Well, there's a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of things that benefit from that. But I'll tell you what I think benefits from that. Power over. Power over you. Power over me. Power over us. And it's like, okay, so let's... So am I saying that if I come together inside of myself and come together... In this podcast with you, Les, and, and your community, and we all get inspired, and we start throwing down like a whole symphony of divine beauty. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, my brain is popping. What would happen then? And so just love and, and spiritual enlightenment, uh, irregardless of belief system, but just actually being authentic, which whatever creator created you, however you, this is what I like to say, the divine reveals itself to us as we need it to. So when I needed a shepherd, Jesus showed up. When I right. needed to stop, stop being a victim, Lilith showed up. When I needed to be a beautiful, empowered female, you know, Freya showed up. There's all of these different so the divine, maybe it's electric, maybe it's colors, maybe, but it doesn't fit in a box. But if we can see and, and understand that really we're all talking about the same thing, and then the point is, is to come together as that beautiful instrument and be able to you know, move forward as a collective. We have a lot to say, and I agree with you. The ego is like, ah, what the <laughs> hell, you know? It does, it does take trust and courage and curiosity. And maybe that's why the divine instilled those attributes within us. 
if we could feed those attributes, trust and courage and curiosity within ourselves, maybe that will be a little bit of help to help us to re like come together within ourselves, come together within our community, and each have a voice. Everybody's playing a different instrument, and we make this grand sound in the world. Very nice. I, I, I love it. A, a global uh, symphony or perhaps even an a cappella. The, the, I love all these analogies. They're working out so well. So the, the template, the, the idea of, uh, quote, correct, unquote, or, quote, righteous, unquote, behavior, it's not um, – the template, the uh, to tie it to authenticity, the template of the violin, strings, the body, the bow, doesn't fit at all for the drum kit. The drum kit right. is percussion and smack, and yet, the, even though they're completely uh, dissimilar, um. When they're both being authentic, they they fit so beautifully as uh, uh, when put together collectively makes the sound of the music, and and as we show up in our authenticity, especially when we're guided from our heart and our soul, all of humanity moves closer to harmony with itself, without us. Um, all trying to snap into a sing, singular template or singular notion or narrative, divinity's never done expressing itself in new ways, and in new ways always um, challenges the idea of what the past was. New, I mean, normal is um, really a word that says more of the same, more of yesterday, so to speak, and and that's to me that's the the um, the disgrace of divinity when you don't when you impede what wants to express through you when you impede the natural uh, impulse of your heart and your soul. Because of for, for whatever reason, uh, constructs, expectations, judgments. So, boy, this has been a fun metaphorical show. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And you know, uh, I have met drums in my life. I have met violins in my life. I have met <laughs> organs in my life. I have met pianos in my life. And and if you realize that, like you said, the togetherness and the harmony. And and I, I love how you are challenging the template of correctness and righteousness. And I want to support that by saying there are two ways, literally under research, that a scientific researcher, whether it's the medical industry or a PhD or whatever, when they do their research, there are two different modes. You either look at quantity or quality. Quality right. cannot be numbered. Quantity has that measuring stick. And so when we're looking at correctness, if we put it under the lens of, you know, quantity, we're like, oh, well, you're supposed to do this in order to reach a 10 out of 10. And righteousness, you're supposed to behave like this in order to reach a 10 out of 10. But if we renegotiate the way that we're perceiving things and put it under another scientific modality, which is actually the quality, I mean, music can, is, it's about quality. Sound is about quality. And, and yeah, I suppose you can quantify it if you need to go there, but at the end of the day, it's about quality. And I think that, that authenticity is about quality. It's about quality. And I love the idea that you're like, if you don't allow, if you have been taught that a set of drums is 
angry and disruptive and too loud and you shouldn't be that way. And then you find your authenticity and under this, you know, concept that we're going under, you find out that you're that set of drums, you know, right. it's like, ah, you know, it's like, don't, dis- don't disgrace the divinity within you because somebody else told you that drums or the bass or the cello, those big bang, boom, underneath the whole thing is wrong. Because you know what? For me, that gives this symphony, this harmony life. I love the drums. I love that, you know, people who just like shoot from the hip. I love the all all of that. Like, I'm just going to speak the truth. I love the bass. You know, the people who are just like, yeah, but didn't we say we're, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, you know, and they keep that base. It's just, it, and, and, and it's about trusting something, it, I guess it starts with trusting yourself and then trusting, maybe it starts with trusting what created you. I don't know. That's a, that's a different topic for another, <laughs> another cast. It's just like. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't have an answer for that. But it's it's a very curious conversation. I love it. I love it. So quality, qualitative analysis. Look for the quality within yourself. Okay, I got to say one more thing. My son, uh, he is growing and learning and shaping. He's uh, a, an adult. He has a wife. He has four kids. He's like making his way in the world and, and, and every once in a while he keeps comparing himself with somebody else and I'm like, Michael, you know what? If you compare yourself with another person, you are missing out on who you are because that that tree grows in a different direction. So you're limiting your authentic expression based on what that person is doing. And you will grow in a different way, you know? And so it's just like, it's not about, yeah, definitely. I have people that I look up to and I, I'm just like, wow, that person is so great. But at the end of the day, comparing ourselves to a belief system that says correct or righteousness or comparing ourselves to what society says is good or, or what, what we want to emulate don't compare yourself to that. Emulate it, look at it, see it, but at the end of the day, don't limit your authenticity. Don't limit your authenticity by becoming something that isn't you. Very nice. Very nice. Well, now, um, in your book, you you open up your perspective uh, and you and you look at uh, Hinduism, Christianity, Aboriginal uh, perspectives, did you notice some underlying threads that are common across those platforms? Absolutely. That's exactly the comparative religion, as well as, like you said, science. And so what I would say with that is that... um, as the human race, irregardless of history and, and when when you were born or, or, or your ancestors, we all have similar questions. We all ask, where did I come from? Um, what, what baptizes me? What sanctifies me? What cleanses me? We all ask, where is the hero? Where is, where is the savior? Where is, what, who do I need to emulate in order to become a, a, a healthy person? Um, what happens at the end of time? And so what I recognize within the book is that theology, you know, religion, um, and religious-based belief systems, philosophy, and mythology all answer these questions for us so you know philosophy does it without a divine presence Um, but mythology and theology do it with a divine presence or a pantheon and so you know when i look at all of this i'm like what we're doing is asking core questions 
Where did I come from? How do I cleanse myself? How, who's my hero? Who's my savior? Is there a savior? Am I my savior? I don't know. You know, is my dad my savior? Is, is science my savior? And what happens when I die and, and where do I go? And so what I'm doing is I'm looking at various theological and the mythos and looking at mythology and theology and, and looking at the compare and contrast of these ideas because I also go into like the Norse mythology and, you know, heck, I don't know, I might have even gone into Greek mythology and if not, there's going to be a second book coming. And, and it's so beautiful because if we, uh, if we back up and go really sky-high, bird's-eye view, what each of these things are doing, are they're trying to answer these very basic, uh, in-depth questions that we have as the human race collectively and individually. And, and at the end of the day, we fight each other. Religions fight each other. We go to war for it. But we're all trying to find the same answer. And that's, that's kind of what I boil down. It's like um, I've heard it being the Belief Being and Beyond book that I just wrote. I heard that it hits people like, wow, this is a huge interweaving of so many concepts, including the tarot, like you mentioned in the, in the beginning. But at the end of the day, um, I've also heard the feedback that I throw it down in such a relatable, digestible way. And I just, I really am just really kind of thankful that my Stradivarius was assembled enough to put this beautiful working and this beautiful song out there. And I hope anybody who picks it up totally enjoys it. If this is your jam, you know, and I, I love to connect with people. So feel free to connect with me and tell me what you think. Nice. Well, to, to write a book, especially your, when it's your first book, it can be a, I'm sure it's different for every new author, but for many authors, it's it's such a, a tangent. Um, I know my ego argued with my heart for years about writing a book. You know, my heart's like, write a book. And my ego's like, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Who the hell wants to hear what I have to say? And, and fast forward, I've written a bunch of books and uh, th- there's an element of uh, deep satisfaction uh, or and uh, fulfillment when inspiration from our heart and our soul is I guess taken seriously or honored or respected by our ego with uh, with action to, to take that inspiration from within us, from our authenticity, and then bring it into fruition, into the physical form. And to to trust the impulse without arguing with it, without, I mean, the ego is not even qualified to vet the heart or soul at any level whatsoever. It it can take a bit to rearrange your psyche, if you will. Like uh, you mentioned the, the four energy bodies. It, the, the, the mental can be such a strong stigma. Um, and, and the ego as a vehicle of that mental kind of uh, suppress the impulse of the moment from the other arenas and keep the mental construct the the prominent attention consumer, if that makes sense. Well, what, what, how do you? Uh, what are some takeaways? How, I mean, how can we better reintegrate the the elements of ourselves? Can I can I do something fun? Oh damn, we we've come to fun. Yes, please. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. For your listening audience, what is the question? Repeat the question, Les. How do we... To, to bring our... Uh, um, to get out of 
a strong mental element and bring more of a balance by honoring the other aspects of ourselves. Okay, cool. Here we go. Listening audience, I want you to pick a number. One, do you want to be in one category, two category, three category? Settle in, pick that. So once you have a number in your head, that's your number, and I am going to pull a beautiful card on each one to tell each of your, because there's different ways to do it, right? Okay, so for the people who chose number one, face your fears, guys. Face them head on. Do not run away. Face your fear and recognize what is that voice? Who is that voice? Is it the divine? Is it my authenticity? Or is it my mother, my religion, blah, blah, blah? Face your fears and understand. For the people who chose number two, oh, well, my dear, this is the time for you to shed your old identity and step into your new identity, which is not easy, but it literally is about shedding what you thought you were and stepping into who you are, like like a lotus unfolding or like an onion or, or like a snake, you know, letting go of its old skin. And for the third group, I would say the way to answer that question is carefully do your research. Sneak around on the Internet and realize how many other creators went through that too. You know, and realize that that's a part of the process and that you got this. So there's my quick little read um, to answer that question for your listeners. At the end of the day, it is a process. And I will just tell you that I barely made it out of high school English. I have no idea what I'm doing here as an author. You know, I, I'm just like, I just did it. <laughs> Right. I just did it. So was that fun? It was. I like that. Well, you you really kind of take inventory of the archetypes in your book too, and and you know the in in general the archetypal uh, temp, uh, construct of understanding ourselves. It. Uh, um, to visit each one of those, uh, a lot of times the archetype, um, the the warrior, the the nurse, the whatever, the archetype that is out of balance in ourselves that that perhaps we need more of, because some other archetype in our psyche is becoming um, exaggerated and and out of balance. What I like about your book is is you walk through these archetypal constructs of our sense of self, and and every one of them has a a, a positive side and a shadow side. It yeah. your book does a great job to take the reader through all the archetypes that are contained within all of us and take inventory in and. Um, some introflection about um, where are we with this sense of self that each archetypal element brings to us. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm working on my next book um, that will even go even deeper into that, which talks about like our internal narrative and finding out which archetype and archetypical position you're putting yourself into in your internal narrative and does that fit with your current story and your future empowered story so thank you for that and yeah I absolutely love that and I'm working on a book right now that that has to do with the internal narrative and and is it working for you or do you need to examine it what kind of timeline are you thinking for this new book of yours? Um, I'm thinking that it probably will come out in 2024. And my hope is early 2024. 
So it might come out late next year too. So. So how do you, uh, I don't know where this question came from, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, how has the author archetype landed on you? How do, how do you, how do you feel about being an author now? That is a great question. Um, <laughs> I would, I would have to say that, um, I honestly, as I'm digging deeper into myself to give you the most authentic answer that I can, I would have to say that um, I have given myself a voice within myself. Nice. And then I decided to share that voice. And I, I think that that's, that, I mean that, and when I write, I don't write to the masses. I literally, like, sit here in my office with my computer and this androgynous being that is sitting with me, and they're ageless, not meaning that they're old, meaning that they're all color, all whatever. And I and I have a conversation with this 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 reader, the reader. And, and I try to clarify my points, and, and I just, and I get thankful for the individual reader. So the way that I write, um, and I hope that people can pick this up, I've, I've heard that people do pick it up, it's, it's like it is a conversation between me and you, period. It's, it's a nice. conversation between me as Granddaughter Crow and, and the reader. Very nice. Now, you wrote a book before this one, didn't you? Yeah, I, I wrote a couple of books before this one. Absolutely. Tell us about those. Absolutely. So, I will start with my first book, The Journey of the Soul, The Path of a Medicine Woman by Granddaughter Crow. This is the journey of the soul lies within you, that we earn the medicine that we carry, we earn the wisdom and we earn these rites of passage through the dark night of the soul, but we forget to extract the beautiful wisdom. And so you need to extract that beautiful wisdom and carry it with you. You don't always have to tell your story about, you know, what was under the carpet, but you carry it within your beauty, within your empathy. Uh, my second book that was published, that one, first one was uh, self-published. The second one was picked up by Llewellyn Worldwide, Wisdom of the Natural World, Spiritual and Practical Teachings from Plants, Animals, and Mother Earth. This is a beautiful writing about how to dialogue with nature and how to apply what the wisdom is talking to us about into relationships and romance, business and finance, and, you know, our health and well-being. This one, Les, I'm really happy to share. This one was a winner under shamanism and paganism from, you know, the Coalition of Visionary Resources, and it's translated into a handful of different languages across the world. And then my most recent book that we've been talking about is Belief Being and Beyond, Your Journey to Questioning Ideas, Deconstructing Concepts, and Healing from Harmful Belief Systems. And so those are my books. I try to make myself very accessible, www.granddaughtercrow.com. I got a handful of things going on. Uh, just check me out. And um, if you have any questions or anything, email me. You can find my email on, the, on my website. I try to keep myself very connected, like as though you as a – as a person who's picking this up and you're an instrument and me and the type of instrument that I am, let's play some music, guys. Connect. I like that. So um, we've got a few minutes left. To look at the uh, Hindu, Navajo, Christian, Aboriginal um, um, philosophies or perspectives and then to turn around and be authentic authentic, which is something that can't be contained, 
like an ever-evolving sense of self, how do you do the dance of of looking at the uh, the cultures behind these various aspects that that suggest a, a divine architecture, and then turn around and follow the unpredictable impulse of the moment in your authentic expression? I love that question, and so what I would say is I love honoring and respecting the cultural backgrounds of all of you know the places that these have come from. How I do it is with love and respect, and then each of these come to my table, my thought process, as a color teal, periwinkle, black, white, yellow, red. And I respect all of these colors on the palette. And then how I do it authentically is I pick up my paintbrush and I begin to look at these and work with them within my soul and within my being collectively and harmoniously to paint the picture of the divine as it reveals itself within me. Very nice. Well, time can fly when you're having fun. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I love it. Thank you. And to all of the people who listen to this, hey, thanks for hanging out. You know, thanks for hanging out. And uh, this is Granddaughter Crow telling you, be your greatness as only you can be. Very nice. We've been talking with Granddaughter Crow, and the topic tonight has been Belief, Being, and Beyond, the name of her latest book. Now, you know, I'm not afraid to poke concepts with a stick and stir it up and, and whatnot, but... I want to just go on the record to say that nothing is entirely good or bad. At the beginning of the show, I talked about Christianity. Now, Christianity has has helped millions, if not billions of people come out of personal struggle. Christianity has helped all flavors of Christianity have helped people who are struggling with addiction, alcoholism, domestic violence, Christianity has helped them, helped them get back on their own feet. Christianity has also been behind wars where the brutal slaying of humanity is, has been executed over thousands of years. So there's good and there's bad in, in any expression let's look at the mental construct western academic mind it made the nuclear bomb and it made an mri machine that can find the the element within you without cutting you open um the to to put something in a box and say all of this is good or all of this is bad is uh, Everything has a gift of understanding behind it, even if if we might tag it as being wrong or horrible or or whatnot. Um, it it offers us a perspective. Since we have this fierce free will, we have fierce free will. We built out a nuclear arsenal that could have ended all of life on the planet. And nothing stopped that from being built out. We are given fierce free will. And and from that, we've chosen to go on the dark side of choices. So far, so far into the dark side of choices that we're in the karmic tsunami we're in now. And in this moment, we have free will. We can we can go any vector, any tangent, any direction we want now and now and now forever. You're never stuck. You can always have a new idea, a new inspiration, a new direction, and thus a new outcome. 
a new future. But to look at something and galvanize your perspective of it, uh, that's the beginning of, uh, yeah, that's called a karmic stigma. And that free will says you can do that all day long. How fun. How fun. Damn. (laughs) When my my heart told me more than a decade ago to start podcasting, who knew I would have hundreds and hundreds of conversations with such beautiful people. And speaking of beautiful people, I want to thank you, my audience, um, for sharing this journey with me. What a hoot. What a delight. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening.